Welcome to OCDQ Radio, a podcast from OCDQ Blog. Obsessive Compulsive Data Quality. OCDQ Radio is produced and hosted by Jim Harris. During this episode, I want to discuss one of the most common laments that I hear from my fellow data quality practitioners. Why does no one care about poor data quality? By this, I mean that on a new program or project, as data quality practitioners, we are the ones who are often assigned the roles and responsibilities associated with the quality of the data, so it falls to us to define, create, and track data quality metrics. Now, for the purposes of this discussion, I'm not going to go into which data quality metrics you should define and how you should create them. I'm actually going to do a series of podcast episodes talking about each of the most commonly used data quality metrics in a separate episode. For the purposes of this discussion, I'm going to assume that you've done a good job in defining and creating data quality metrics, either by doing that through a technical process that you've created on your own, or through the use of a data quality tool, or some combination of the two. As data quality practitioners, we know poor data quality can be one of the causes of poor business performance, which is why we're often surprised or disappointed the first time that we share with the wider project or program team the initial results of those data quality metrics that we've defined, created, and are tracking, and we've found some initial data quality issues. And maybe you're presenting that through a dashboard that you've created as part of the technical implementation, or maybe just in some presentation material that you're sharing at a meeting. And you show the initial findings that, hey, look, we have duplicate data. We have invalid or inaccurate data. We have incomplete information. We have outdated data. These are all data quality issues. This must be a problem that needs to be addressed. And a lot of data quality practitioners are surprised when the reaction is not very enthusiastic. And most people shrug their shoulders and say, well, how do you know? Why is that necessarily a problem? And here's where I'm talking about why no one cares about poor data quality. And the reason is because you're probably measuring data quality without connecting it to your organization's business processes, applications, or other business uses for enterprise data. When the correlation between poor data quality and poor business performance isn't measured in a tangible way, data quality will be misperceived as a technical activity performed for the sake of the data instead of an enterprise-wide program performed to ensure data-driven solutions for business problems. A meaningful data quality metric provides business insight if it's related to a specific business process, application, business use, or is otherwise framed within a relative business context. Instead of beginning with a relative business context in mind, many enterprises and experienced data quality practitioners begin with only the data in mind, resulting in creating and tracking data quality metrics that provide little, if any, business insight. So let me run through a few examples of data quality metrics that don't provide business insight. Invalid or undeliverable postal addresses. That's something that's relatively easy to set up a data quality metric for. Well, if you look at that in isolation, hey, we have invalid or undeliverable postal addresses associated with our customers. 
Is that a data quality issue? Yes. Does it provide business insight? No, because it's not tying it to a specific business use. In this case, it's customer billing. If we have an invalid or undeliverable postal address, that is an issue if that customer has opted for paper billing. If that customer, like a lot of customers these days, are doing electronic billing, then we need a valid and deliverable email address for those customers. Not having a valid or deliverable postal address is a data quality issue, but for those particular customers who are using electronic billing, the business is not being impacted by not having a valid or deliverable postal address for that customer. Similarly, outdated customer contact information is a data quality issue, but it may not be a business impact. I recently noticed on one of the credit cards that I rarely use, I went to my profile online and noticed that pretty much other than my name and my email address, almost everything else about my profile was wrong. My postal address was from like two moves ago. My telephone number was wrong, both business and mobile. Again, the only thing that was right was my name and my email address. This wasn't impacting either me or the credit card company because I have electronic billing and my customer contact method is email. So I wasn't missing any bills being sent to me. I wasn't missing any notifications being sent to me. But everything else about my customer contact information was outdated and therefore a data quality issue, which you could argue still needs to be addressed and updated. But it's not a business impacting data quality issue and therefore a data quality metric that just alerts you of outdated or invalid customer contact information is not providing the insight into whether or not those data quality issues are actually impacting the business. And just to round out those previous examples, obviously there is more than one business use for the same data. So even though the customer billing business process or the customer self-service online application were not being impacted by invalid or undeliverable postal addresses or outdated customer contact information, other business uses could be impacted by those data quality issues. The marketing team may be trying to send out printed collateral to customers, and therefore they do need a valid and deliverable postal address. And perhaps the analytics team is working on some type of new customer behavioral model that does need updated and accurate customer contact information and other customer characteristics in order for those models to function correctly and deliver the value to the business that they're trying to deliver. So again, it's not that the data quality metrics themselves are not working, it's just that if they're only presented outside of any context, they don't mean anything to the business and no one's going to care. You need to be able to frame your data quality metrics within a relative business context and acknowledging that there are often multiple business contexts for the same data, and then you can elevate the data quality metric to something that will get attention and make people care about poor data quality because they'll be able to see the tangible impact that poor data quality can have. Another important related concept is that different uses for the same enterprise data will often have different data quality thresholds, different tolerances for poor data quality. Going back to the simple examples I've been using, 
it's a much larger negative impact on the business for us to not be able to send a customer a bill versus not being able to send a customer a piece of marketing collateral. It's an acknowledgement that the two functions have a different impact on the business and we shouldn't try to measure the impact of data quality on both functions with the same data quality threshold or tolerance. So the customer billing example may have a very low to no tolerance, whereas the marketing use of data may be much more flexible. And the other example I was using, the customer behavioral model that the analytics team is working on, could have a wide variety of thresholds for the actual data that they're using, because depending upon what they're attempting to accomplish, they may not be as negatively impacted by the occasional presence of poor data quality. The bottom line is different uses have different thresholds, different tolerances for data quality. These are usually folded into some type of a notification or alert system, raising the alarm, so to speak, when poor data quality has a tangible impact on the business so that we can take action to either prevent or minimize the negative impact on the business when poor data quality occurs. The thresholds also can make it interesting to make a business justification for the improvement of data when poor data quality happens. Because maybe the marketing department wants to try to invest in the improvement of postal address data quality so that they can get more printed marketing collateral sent out. The customer billing business process may not be negatively impacted because they're relying mostly on electronic billing, but maybe they would like to see improved data for postal address to improve the customer contact methods. So they would see some value in a data remediation project, for example, that improves the overall quality of postal address, that even if it doesn't have an immediate negative impact on what they're doing. Also, going back to the marketing example, you can actually see and tie the data quality improvement to actual dollars, to actual monetary financial amounts associated with it. So you can actually make a much better argument for your return on investment for doing something like postal validation or an external reference data to enrich your customer contact information. And again, likewise, the customer behavioral model that the analytics team were working on the data enrichment might help improve the predictive ability of what they're working on, or perhaps data that was simply not included in the model initially because it was excluded from consideration because of its poor data quality could now be reevaluated once the data enrichment improves the quality of the available customer data. And again, because you have the relative context for the specific uses of enterprise data associated with the relative tolerance for poor data quality, you can start to have these conversations at a much more meaningful level, and you can see a much easier way to get everyone to care about how poor data quality affects them, because they're seeing how poor data quality can affect business performance in real, tangible ways. This is where data quality reaches its crossroads with data governance. When a data governance policy is implemented as an executable process comprised of a combination of business rules and data rules that create and track meaningful data quality metrics, then the data governance policy provides that frame, that context for the specific business use of data that elevates the data quality metric to being meaningful. 
So in those earlier examples, separate data governance policies for the customer billing business process, for the customer self-service online application, for the customer behavioral analytics model, those separate policies provide that relative frame, that relative business context for a specific business use of data, and then measure the impact that poor data quality would have on those specific business uses for data. And it's important to note that the data rule associated with the executable process that is the data governance policy is not any different than what we were talking about earlier about in isolation, it's not very meaningful. But the same process that you built can be reused to execute the data quality metric within the wider context of a data governance policy. So your same reusable logic that you built for measuring a particular data quality metric is just embedded into a data governance policy to associate that metric with a specific business use. You're still doing the same things that you're used to doing and that you're experienced in putting together as a data quality practitioner. You're just now adding it into a wider context. And again, you're able to reuse that same logic and just embed it into multiple data governance policies where each policy is reflective of the relative business context of a specific business use and of a specific business impact of poor data quality. And that's because each individual data governance policy, although it is reusing the logic for how to measure data quality by a specific metric that you've defined, it has its own specific data quality threshold, its own specific tolerance for poor data quality associated with the specific business use defined by the data governance policy. In conclusion, the reason why it may appear that no one cares about poor data quality is because you're probably measuring data quality without connecting it to your organization's business processes, applications, or other business uses for enterprise data. The way that you solve this is that you create reusable logic that defines and measures data quality, and then you embed that as data rules within a data governance policy, specifically a data governance policy that is implemented as an executable process comprised of a combination of business rules and data rules. The business rules provide the relative frame or context for a specific use of enterprise data, as well as the data quality threshold tolerance for poor data quality associated with that specific business use. And then the data rules is your reusable logic for defining and measuring data quality. Combined together, that will create and track meaningful data quality metrics associated with specific business uses of enterprise data. The compliance associated with those data governance policies will then align data quality with business insight, providing the missing link between poor data quality and poor business performance. And it is then, and only then, that anyone cares about poor data quality. Thanks for listening to OCDQ Radio, the audio podcast from the obsessive compulsive data quality blog, by Jim Harris, OCDQBLOG.com.